Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. Sewers on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Many of us have a creative streak or like to think we do, but for most of us, it remains an outlet, a hobby. Some of us, though, have the courage and the determination to turn our creative passion into a business enterprise, even if only a small one. It can be a dream come true, though it's not without its challenges. Judy Whitney Davis is a longtime Baton Rouge resident and a woman of many passions and talents, including motivational speaking and delivering singing tours of historic homes. She is one of those living the dream. In 2012, she took another of her interests, soap making, and launched the Inner Goddess Soap Company, which specializes in custom scented soaps and has expanded recently into bath bombs, bath fizzies, salt soaks, and candles to order. Inner Goddess Soap Company is also one of the few body product companies that sells at animation and comic conventions. I want to hear about that. Judy, welcome to Out to Lunch. <laughs> Thank you. It's well, a pleasure to be here. And we're so glad you're here. And you always loved soaps and fragrances and, and couldn't find a company that customizes the soap sense. So you decided to make your own. Is that how it happened? Pretty much. Um, that and the fact that I've always been what's commonly referred to in the industry as a nerd girl. <laughs> okay. I, I grew up in the soap industry. No, maybe? just generally. Just in life. Um, okay. Definitely nerd girl. You don't look like a nerd girl. <laughs> I am. I grew up on Star Trek and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all of the things that involved science fiction, fantasy, and horror. And right. As I was growing up, there was never. The conventions that we now know now that are so well known. Like Comic Con, Comic -Con Wizard World, all those, Wizard right? World, MechaCon, Acon, you know, though all of these great ones that are nationwide and in other countries now, they were just getting started if they were starting at all. And I didn't know about them. I didn't know there was an entire community of people who shared my loves and my interests. And the fact that there were people out there that loved Doctor Who so much like I did right. that they would knit the actual scarf that one of the doctors would wear. <laughs> and my kids, ironically, as they grew up, they became the same kind of nerds that their mom was, <laughs> okay. and I was which I was thrilled to f discover. But when I went to the uh, comic conventions, I noticed there was a lot there, the comics, the artist's alley, the vendor's alley, but you didn't see a lot of soap places. And no, you wouldn't expect to find soap places at a comic convention. Yeah. You'd expect to find all sorts of weird stuff and glow in the dark necklaces. And oh, it goes past glow in the dark necklaces. Glitter and goofy uh, books and stuff. Um, and it, I'm stereotyping. Oh, well. <laughs> just a tad. Um, it was a situation where, ironically, one day um, two of my daughters 
we're getting materials at a hobby shop for what was to be a pair of horns <laughs> for a costume. <laughs> and I saw a soap making kit. And I've always loved fragrances and soaps and candles. And something said, Judy, go get that and see what happens. The worst that can happen is it stinks, but it cleans something. Right. And I tried it out, and it worked. But I noticed that my skin was still a little bit dry. Mm -hmm. So I started researching more, discovering things mm -hmm. like goat's milk and shea butter and cocoa butter and coconut oil mm -hmm. could actually render the soaps, what they call super fatted, and make them a little gentler on the skin. Okay. Um, well, I kept testing it. My poor children were the guinea pigs for all of this. <laughs> and one memorable occasion, um, my, my ex-husband is a police officer, and I, I had made some soap, a peppermint soap, and I said, well, try this out. He'd come by and see the kids. And ironically, he kept it in his patrol car because he said it smelled so good, many of the felons stink a bit when we have to arrest them, right, so right. it calms down the <gasps> smell in the car. Wow, and that's thought, awesome. That wasn't the original use, but thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so many people were asking about the soaps, and I was giving them away that it wound up kind of just launching itself. And when we did our first convention, the response was so positive and so overwhelming. And kids were like, wait, you have soap? I was like, yeah. And one guy said, and I quote, you are doing God's work at this convention. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, to myself. So you just would not think that a mm. comic convention would be the natural venue for selling soap. You might expect a little gift shop or a Etsy website or, right? Or, or well, we, we do have a website um, because we do um, not just the conventions and animation and comic conventions. So you said you, you, you started researching it, you know, after mm -hmm. your initial interest in this. How much, how much research does it take, I mean, to really know what you're doing and create a quality product? Is it difficult to make soap? It is not necessarily difficult, but when you are doing either hot or cold process or even melt and pour, many people do melt and pour with a pre-made soap, you've got to take into consideration that you're dealing with things like lye, which is the basis for all soaps. And lye does what chemically? Um, actually, lye interacts chemically with ash and oil okay. to actually make the basis for what we now know as soap, sodium hydroxide. Interesting. Um, it's primarily a situation where uh, depending on what type of process you're using, you've got to be very careful because it's obviously very alkaline and it can burn. Okay. Uh, the other thing is that um, you have to be very careful about the level of essential oils that you use in said product, uh, whether or not fragrance oils are what they call FDA skin safe, which we double check constantly. Mm -hmm. um, we had an incident occur about a year and a half ago where we made this beautiful soap, and it smelled of chocolate and caramel and coconut. We called it German chocolate soap. Ooh, we sold it in blocks. Wonderful. And we had made it for a convention, about three blocks of it, a lot of soap, only to discover two days after we started the curing process, the fragrance, one of the fragrance oils we used was officially no longer skin safe. We had to throw oh, out no. over 30 pounds <gasps> of soap. Oh, that's awful. But the one thing, it was a learning experience. Though it was painful, Sure. it was a way of saying, double check what you're doing. Right, right. Um, the biggest thing is to make sure that when people say, well, I may have reacted to it, we will ask, what soaps do you normally use? 
Mm -hmm. And because we know of the chemical composition of those soaps, we can normally find out what you may be sensitive to or not sensitive to. And that's where our customization comes in. Right. Um, some people, I have a good friend who has severe eczema. She swears by our soaps. Why? They're very gentle, they're super fatted, and our fragrance or essential oils are not so overwhelming where it causes her skin to react. Mm -hmm. So we get parents as well who say, can you make baby soap? Yes, we can. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Where do the oils, the oils are what produces the scent? Yes. The different fragrance oils? Yes, actually we use Are they all natural? As close as possible. Um, when we use fragrance oils, we use them, uh, fragrance, we use the oils, and they are what's called phthalate free. Phthalate is a chemical preservative very similar to formaldehyde. Ooh. And that can be very hard on the skin. I so bet. we try to find fragrance oils that do not have that. Also, we try to find essential oils that are as pure as possible. We do not add citrus essential oils mm -hmm. <clears throat> to our soaps and body products because citrus oils are very photosensitive and can cause secondary rashes and contact dermatitis. And so where do you get these? A wholesaler that supplies soap manufacturers or do you have a special, special we, place? We go through about six different manufacturers. <laughs> Um, we're always double checking. We're always initially getting a one ounce or a half ounce to see what the scent is because some of them you may get magnolia from one company and magnolia from another. The magnolia from one company is a true white magnolia. The one from the other smells like cleaning detergent. Right, right, right. So you've got to be very careful about which one from what company. So we have to keep records of which company stocks this and who we use, and then um, all of them know us well. And if we have questions, we simply call them directly and say, can we talk to the chemist, engineer, whatever, and go from there. What kind of volume do you do? And you say we, so I guess you have somebody working with you. You're not a one-man band. Oh, no. Actually, uh, not only do my children work with me when they're not working and going to school, but on occasion we do hire uh, part-time people that we bring in for conventions or if we have large orders because we do wholesale now. Excellent. Um, what we do is we will contact the company or the company contacts us and we will sit down with you and say, what do you want or you feel will sell and be high volume and make you a profit as well as coming back to us? Mm -hmm. And what colors do you want to go with? What specific scents have people requested at your store or at your gift shop? And once we formulate that, then we will send samples to them and say, is this what you're looking for? So it seems to me like this would be the way to go if mm -hmm. you're in the soap industry business, mm -hmm. is, to, oh, is yeah. to supply the retailers and not just try to peddle it yourself Oh no, on no, your no, website no, no. or at the trade show or the farmer's yeah. market or whatever. Um, to be honest, we do the conventions primarily because it is a love and a passion. Because it's fun for you. It's <laughs> fun. Exactly. You know, um, I've often joked that if I saw the actor Patrick Stewart walk by, I'd steal a <laughs> British man. I'd be like, souvenir. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> but, but generally, um, where our money does also also get made, we um, we actually wholesale to gift shops, mm -hmm. to boutiques. Um, we are expanding nationwide. Actually, a boutique in Detroit, Michigan, has expressed an interest in us, and we've sent samples. Fantastic. Um, we are looking to expand. Great. But we want to keep that sense of whimsy. <laughs> that sense of having fun with it yeah. that many companies tragically lose 
over time, it stops being a joy. It becomes just a job. We don't want it to get to that point. Now you seem to live your life that way and, mm -hmm. and this soap business is just one of many things you do. You're mm -hmm. also a motivational speaker mm -hmm. and a singing tour guide of historic homes. And How does oh this yeah. all work together? And tell us a little oh yeah. bit about. Uh, well, to be honest, I do a lot of motivational speaking because honestly, I have had uh, ups and downs. Um, at one point, I went through a, a few years ago, a divorce and a foreclosure within six months of each other. Wow. And I did have moments where I looked to heaven and said, God, it's Judy, not Job. <laughs> Work with me here. Wrong Jay. <laughs> Wrong Jay. And uh, for a couple of years, actually for two summers, I became gravely ill. I mean, like two months in the hospital at mm. one point, one month in the hospital another time. And realizing both of those times that I was staring into the proverbial abyss. Mm -hmm. I mean, one doctor said, we are still trying to figure out how you're still here. You were supposed to die. Wow. That made me stop and say, my life is not supposed to be pay bills and die. Two, my life is not supposed to be what I can get and, you know, forget the rest of you. But how much of an imprint you can leave and make things a little bit better where you came from. Mm -hmm. So I do the motivational speaking, churches, schools, and so on, to let people know, please don't believe don't that where you are is where you'll stay. Yeah. You can do better. And I do voice work for commercials, and I do, I sing for events and weddings. I'll admit my dream is to sing the national anthem at a game one day, so <laughs> I'll, I'm hoping for that. Um, but I also do the soap company because it's a joy for me. All of it ties together because, like I will be, we'll be at Louisiana May in Baton Rouge this weekend. I am notorious for breaking into Disney parody songs at the booth. Oh, really? <laughs> People are like, is that woman singing from like a whole new world, but it's about soap? And, you're, <laughs> and do you have a repertoire or you just think them up on the spot? I think them up on the spot. That's and, wonderful. Um, I, I'll admit there was one from The Little Mermaid where the lyric said, I want to sell all the soap at the table. <laughs> I want to go hang out at Bourbon Street, yet I'm not gay. <laughs> though I don't care if you really fly your freak flag that way. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> you know, people started burst out <laughs> laughing, but they came over. But I just, I want to live a life that when I leave it, people, or as I've often said, live so when you die, people come to the funeral to grieve instead of double check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm looking at, Kathy? Know, yeah, that's yeah. that one. And in business particularly, mm -hmm. I think that's so important because business is not fun for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, or entrepreneurs get into it because they have a passion. Mm -hmm. And yet the challenges, you know, when they start crunching the numbers and then they have to go to banks or find investors and have employees and, and all of a sudden it just gets not to be so much fun anymore. Well, one thing that you have to realize when you start getting big enough to do that, one, and I've had to say this to employees as well as to myself in a mirror, breathe, mm -hmm. take a deep breath and realize if something goes wrong, it is not a failure. It's a learning experience. You yeah. now know what you shouldn't do. When you go to a bank or you're dealing with lending institutions, make sure that your business plan is viable. Sit down with someone who's not a family member or a loved one who's gonna go, you can do this, when frankly it's not a good idea. Sit down with someone who has no vested interest in it and say, is this a viable way of doing it? And if it is not, what can I do to make this viable? Mm -hmm. Number three, when things go wrong, 
do not panic. It's okay to be upset. What is unusual about the culture of your company? And I could guess a lot of things. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get, get, get a, take a number, honey. Uh, the biggest thing is literally the weirdest thing. Everyone in the company can play video games, and at least three of them work for Electronic Arts Video Game Company. No kidding. Mm -hmm. EA, the big company yeah. here. The mm -hmm. big... <laughs> Fantastic. So they test video games all day. They test video games, but when they come and work with me, they just have fun. Um, the other thing is, when we have the Monday meeting, I cook. Oh, I'm that's a wonderful. I'm a true southerner. If you're too thin, <laughs> I get worried. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, have another plate. So what do you make for the Monday morning meeting? Is it breakfast um, food? Yeah, breakfast food, everything from grits, eggs, sausage, croissants. Um, often I will make my own kind of flavored coffee where I add vanilla and nutmeg and clove to the ground. Oh, that sounds and wonderful. We, um, and it, you, we take time to just sit and eat first. And then I ask everybody, what are your thoughts? What are your ideas? Thank you, dear. And we bounce them off. No, there's no idea that's stupid. Mm -hmm. And people go, what do you mean? Look, I've had a man contact me and request a marijuana scented candle. <laughs> Were you able to deliver? Yes. Even though the company was out of Washington State, it was a fragrance oil only. Okay. So if East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Department is inquiring, please come by. <laughs> you can test it. It is not what you think. That's <laughs> okay. so funny. Um, and he was like, we called it Cannabis Carnival. Oh, I love and it. Call, and colored it a beautiful gray-green, <laughs> sage-green. Right. And we, we cherish that kind of thing. Yeah. The weirder the request, the happier we are to try to fulfill it. That could be your company motto. <laughs> oh, no. Our motto is, life is too short to stink, sent responsibly. <laughs> That's the company motto. That's wonderful. <laughs> in, in a Walmart kind of a world, how mm -hmm. much room is there for the artisan who creates the unique and the handcrafted product such as, as your custom soaps? There is a big market. Most people don't realize that many people, yes, there's, it's a Walmart world and things are cheap and so on. And yes, I've had people say, well, your soap is a little expensive. Like what kind of markup? Um, usually about 50%. Our soaps normally are about $5 a bar. That's not much. That's but not they, at all. Thank you. But um, if it's a custom order, we do have to charge the cost of sure. getting the oil for it. You know, and we say it has to be a minimum of a pound sure. for the order or, you know, bath bombs and so on. What we tend to do is we go to smaller venues. We talk to the gift shops, to the boutiques, to the spas, mm -hmm. and say, what can we do for you? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, we're bringing something, here you go. What can we do that puts your brand out there, that yeah. ex enhances you, expands you, have people calling and saying, can I get more of this? Can I come by? And they will not only purchase our products, but also think additional things that you have and your products and services. There's a big, big market. A lot of people are sick of cookie cutter things. Yeah, I they believe that. They want the unusual. The, they want something where you can tell somebody cared enough about it. And shockingly, in this country, they want American made. Let me horrify you, our stuff's American. Have you um, found the lender community to be as as receptive, for instance, as, as the <laughs> retailers or the, or the end users? Not, not as much. No. Um, and I understand why. Um, companies like myself, um, you've got throughout the U.S. over 3,200 soap makers. People okay. who are working and they have a company. 
Mm -hmm. Many of them are on Etsy and other, you know, websites. We have our own website. But if you say, can you do 300 soaps? They can't say yes. Mm -hmm. We will make a way to make all of them sure. and get make sure they're on time. Um, can you do it in a certain type or a certain mold? A lot of them can't. We can. And we pride ourselves on that. Um, have you knocked on doors and had the banks tell you no? Or have you needed oh, traditional financing on, yet? I've knocked on doors and the banks have said, show us a little bit bigger uh, business model. And okay. I said, okay, fine. But the biggest thing is, and this is going to sound crazy, because I'm not beholden to a bank, mm -hmm. I can actually experiment and try new things. Yeah. And almost all of them have succeeded. That makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Ha tell me about the challenge of, of being a, f a female business owner mm -hmm. and a black woman business owner. Has that worked to your advantage or has that been a problem? Because I know a lot um, of people would say. It is, it is not, um, I don't look at it as a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. One, I have a unique ability to understand the challenges of small business owners. I am one. Yeah. That many of them are very averse to risk because that's their mortgage yeah. or their child's education. And I approach it that way. I will send a small sample and say, look, you don't have to get five and 600. Start with 12. If it sells, fine. If it doesn't sell, you haven't lost much. Mm -hmm. And if you want something unique, look me up. Mm -hmm. And that has actually been a very big positive. Um, the only major challenge is that as a soap maker, people go to Walmart and get, you know, Procter and Gamble products, and it's far cheaper. Why? Because they've got huge factories. Sure. What we tell them is, yes, you can get that, and we encourage you to do so if that's your comfort level. Mm -hmm. However, if you want something unique, that's uniquely you, that's beautiful, because our molds are really beautiful, and that you can give as a gift or put yeah. in a gift basket or give to a baby shower. Call us. That's great. And it works. How closely tied is your business to the economy? And do, have you felt, I mean? Um, to be honest, when the economy is bad, people don't buy as much, mm -hmm. but they will still buy. We are an affordable luxury. <laughs> um, $5 for a bar of soap, you know, you can get a coffee for $5. With the soap, you can use it for a month. Coffee yeah, exactly. lasts a day. <laughs> you know. Um, we even have something that we affectionately call convention soap. Okay. All of the scraps from different soaps we put together in an oatmeal-based soap. So oh, it actually wow. looks beautiful. I bet it does. We slice it, we package it. And at the conventions, we joke about it. We actually sound like an organization, and I, the way we lead in is, here at Inner Goddess, we realize that by day three of a convention, tragically, you may actually be broke. <laughs> your costume stinks. You're not a fun person to be around, and your family doesn't want to claim you because of the stench. Let us help. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and it's a dollar a bar for like these little cheap bars for the weekend. And people will just buy them out. One, they think it's funny. Two, right. it's a cheap soap that they can appreciate that actually introduces them to us. You really understand that segment of your market, no oh, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And you travel all around the country mm -hmm. to do these conventions. Oh, yeah. We're looking at uh, probably going to Canada next year as well. We've had requests wow. from Canadian... Um, cons that had heard about us or were at the con with us and mm -hmm. talked and they said can you guys come over this way so we're looking we're doing nationwide this year but next year 
nationwide in Canada. What, what does Baton Rouge need to have to make your particular business and businesses like yours more vibrant, successful, healthy? Uh, I would say a more open attitude to people who, that you don't live in the community with or not related to. Mm -hmm. um, though I live in Baton Rouge, initially people were like, well, who are your people? Really? Thankfully, I do have <laughs> family here, <laughs> which helps a little bit. But I have talked to others who had amazing ideas. Yeah. And they died unborn because they weren't from here, as you the know, saying goes. I mean, I ask this question or mm. versions or variations of it a lot on this show, and almost everybody says the same thing. We're too closed here. And I think by closed, they mean closed-minded, you know, and, well, and just a little bit provincial and just not open enough to the weird, the different. Well, it's starting to change. There is a slow, gradual shift. For instance, Louisiana May was in Lafayette for a while. It's coming back to Baton Rouge. That's great. Which means there's a market here. Yes. Um, I think also the fact that we've got like things like Whole Foods and so on where people are starting to see there's a world mm -hmm. out there. Um, is starting to help, it's going to take time. Yeah. You just keep plugging and you just keep trying. That's all that matters. Well, Judy Whitney Davis, it has been a pleasure to be with you today. You were doing something enviable, taking your passion and turning it into a business that might not make you rich, but is creating a quality product that enhances the marketplace and spreads a little sunshine okay. in the process. So thank, thank you, you for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Oh, thank you. Oh, innergoddesssoaps.com. Uh, That's our website. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My guest today on Out to Lunch has been Judy Whitney Davis of the Inner Goddess Soap Company. You can find out more about the Inner Goddess Soap Company by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com.